Our class today is on divine selection, so if you will get your Bibles out and turn with me to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. We're going to be talking about uh, how our calling is from the Lord, and it's vital that, that we understand that. It'll help us. It'll, it'll cause us to keep going when there's no go getting go there. But there's two important parts we need to, to um, understand in finding your place. Is Number one, you have a place. You have to know that you have a place. We all are called and we all have a place. And number two, knowing that it's a divine selection. It was a divine calling from the Lord. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to start out with reading 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 17. Paul here is talking to the Corinthians and uh, we're going to be reading quite a bit of scripture here. But keep in mind, uh, as we read, that it is the calling that is from the Lord. And we're going to, we'll break it down and get into it a little bit more and define when, um, when we look at, at, at our outline here. But let's go ahead and read it. And we will also probably be reading now the Amplified. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with, word, uh, with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Those that don't ever accept it as being from the, from the Lord, they perish. They count it as foolish, and their foolishness causes them to perish. But us that know the Lord, we, we understand that preaching the cross of the Lord is power, is the power of God. Uh, verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made the foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ, Christ being the anointed one in his anointing. We preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised. God hath chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Remember, uh, we, we studied that how everything you do, do as unto the Lord, do uh, attitude of a servant is to have a heart uh, doing it as unto the Lord. All this is so that we won't get in ourselves in glory. And in, in, in that case, you, you take upon yourself a falling attitude you're fixing to fall so here it says that that he uh in verse um uh 29 that no flesh should glory in his presence 
we shouldn't take that glory unto ourselves. And then the last one, that him that glorifieth, let him glory in the Lord. It all honor belongs to the Lord at all times, in all areas of our life, in all aspects. That means we are to give glory to the Lord. Does that mean that we can't be thankful or are um, somewhat excited about the promotions, the 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 thing that God's uh, doing in our life? Absolutely not. We need to be excited. But in that excitement, we need to be thankful where those promotions, where those where those gifts, where those callings have come from, and not to think that it's because we already read here that he he takes foolish things, he takes weak things, not that many that are mighty, not many that are noble. He calls why because he wants to make something out of nothing. He wants to use what the world would not have even considered to use and make it something and be effective for his kingdom. And that's what it's all about. Let's go ahead and read uh, again 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 through 31. But we're going to read it this time out of the Amplified. It just, it just amplifies it somewhat. So let's read this one. For Christ the Messiah sent me out not to baptize but to evangelize. By preaching the glad tidings of the gospel, and that not with verbal eloquence, let least the cross of Christ should be deprived of force and emptied of its power and rendered vain, fruitless, void of value, and of no effect. The whole purpose of preaching the gospel, the whole purpose of, of working in the ministry is for to be effective for his kingdom. Okay, so for the story and message of the cross is sheer absurdity and folly to those who are perishing and on their way to perdition. But to us who are being saved, it is a manifestation of the power of God. For it is written, I will baffle and render useless and destroy the learning of the learned, and the philosophy of the philosophers, and the cleverness of the clever, and the discernment of the discerning. I will frustrate and nullify them and bring them to nothing. Where is the wise man, the philosopher? Where is the scribe, the scholar? Where is the investigator, the logician, the debater of this present time and age? Has not God shown up the present, uh, excuse me, has not God shown up the nonsense and the folly of this world's wisdom? For when the world with all its earthly wisdom failed to perceive and recognize and know God by means of its own philosophy, God in his wisdom was pleased through the foolishness of preaching salvation procured by Christ and to be had through him to save those who believed who clung to and trusted in and relied on him for while Jews demandingly asked for signs and miracles and Greeks pursue philosophy and wisdom we preach Christ the Messiah crucified preaching which to the Jews is scandal and an offensive stumbling block that brings a snare or trap, and to the Gentiles it is absurd and utterly unphilosophical nonsense. But to those who are called, whether Jew or Greek, Gentile, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This is because the foolish thing that has its source in God is wiser than men, and the weak thing that springs from God is stronger than men. For simply consider your own call, brethren. Not many of you were considered to be wise, according to human estimates and standards. Not many influential and powerful. Not many of high and noble birth. No, for God selected, deliberately chose what in the world is foolish to put to wise the sh uh, excuse me put the wise to shame, and what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. 
And God also selected, deliberately chose what in the world is low-born and insignificant and branded and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing, that he might dispose and bring to nothing the things that are, so that no mortal man should have pretense for glorying and boast in the presence of God. But it is from him that you have your life in Christ, whom God made our wisdom from God. Revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden and manifesting itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright and putting us in right standing with God, and our consecration making us pure and holy, and our redemption providing our ransom for eternal penalty for sin. So then, as it is written, let him who boasts and proudly rejoices in glories boast and proudly rejoice in glory in the Lord. So we understand that it is a divine calling. It's not of our own our own might. Let's look at our outline and we'll we'll get into this a little bit more uh in, in definition. Um under number one, B calling divine invitation selection. Uh it's a holy calling but it's divine invitation selection. See, we are called by the power and the wisdom of God. It's not our wisdom. Our wisdom, the Bible tells us, is essential. It's devilish. It gets us in trouble. But we are called by the power and wisdom, His wisdom of God, the wisdom of God. We were called by the Holy Spirit. Uh, John tells us that no man can come unto Him unless the, Father, the Spirit of the Father draw Him. We are called by the Holy Spirit. So we... We were purposed to be drawn by the Holy Spirit. We were called from the foundation of the world. We were called from the foundation of the world. Why were you born at this time? Why were you born in this generation instead of the last generation or the generation to come? Because you were called to be born this time at this place. He, he called us to be born uh, before the world was created. He knew us. That's an omnipotent God. That He knows all. And He knew you. Uh, he even knew what you'd look like. He knew what you'd call, be called. So we were called from the foundation of the world. We were called because we were weak and foolish choices of the world. We were called because we were weak and foolish choices of the world. Of the world, in other words, the world would look at us as weak, uh, not being able to accomplish such a. Uh, you know, we need to look at it as an honor to uh, work in the kingdom of God, and the world will look at us like we weren't being able to work in such a high place to accomplish, to be effective. But God knows where we're at. You know, it's like being on a baseball team. Uh, the coach, uh, you know, he gets you all out there. He gets gets them out there. He gets them practicing and throwing and running and, and batting and whatever. And he chooses. Now, the coach sees it by what he sees. But God also does that. But he sees what he knows from the beginning what's on the inside of us and what he's called us to be. But, you know, if they were had me out there and then they were going to choose uh, – uh, you know, you got two coaches or two teams you're going to play against each other, and, and the captain picks who he wants, and the other captain, and goes so, so on and so forth. Well, when it comes to me, I know they're going to leave me at the end of the line, because especially if they want to win. Uh, I've never been good. I love to play baseball and, and, and enjoy myself, but 
uh, as to be any good at it. That that wasn't what I was called to do. Okay, <laughs> so, but the Lord knows this, and and He knows where we're weak, or and He knows what the world would think of us. But that's why He chose it. You know, if that's what's wrong with the world now. They don't think they need God because they're they're used they're depending upon their wisdom they're dependent upon their understanding and because they are they're dying and going to hell until they learn to cry out to the Lord and call upon His name. So we although that we were weak and foolish choices of the world, God thought we were worth something and He called us. How? Once again, He called us by the Holy Spirit. He called us by the Holy Spirit. When? From the foundation of the world. So we've established that. He's called us by the Holy Spirit. And it's been from the foundation of the world since time began. Why? Because we were unlikely choices according to the flesh. You know, that right there um, takes all the airiness out. Takes all the, the big head out, you know. It's not because we're somebody. It's because we're going to become somebody. And we're going to be effective for His kingdom. So, um... He called us because we were unlikely choices according to the flesh. Turn with we turn with me, if you will, to Second Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one. And we're going to read verse nine. Who hath saved us talking about the Lord, and called us within holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now, we need to understand that, that it is a holy calling. He called us, first of all, it's a holy calling, and we need to understand that, and it's for his own purpose and his grace. But what we need to do is, is we need to understand. Let me read, um, if you have your uh, armor bearer um, book, it's armor bearer, uh, God's armor bearer book two, on page 22, paragraph 1, it says, um, God knew who you were before that you were born, before he ever said, light be. He knew you in his omnipotent mind. He had a reason for you being born in this generation in which you were born. Why? We already established that. Why? Because he knew it was a holy calling and it was before the world. So one thing that I wanted to uh, emphasize here is because it was his purpose it was his purpose and his grace. His grace is his unmerited favor. And you can also say it this way. His, his grace is his influence upon the heart and its reflection upon your life. So, you know, it was, it's a holy calling. It's for his own purpose and his grace so that we could be more effective. And um, uh, I like what the Ministry of Helps book told us. It said, because... He chose us because God knows where you will be the most effective in caring for his people. God wants us to care for his people. He's not here in body form. That's why he has us in body form, that we would help one another. So it does not matter in whatever area God's called you to, uh, whether it's cleaning toilets, whether it's changing diapers, whether it's watching the parking lot, where, whether it's an usher, whether it's in the, a praise and worship team, the, the lead singer, behind the pulpit ministry, uh, evangelizing on the streets. It does not matter in any area, wherever God has called you to do, that is a holy calling. 
uh, I, you, your mind's probably thinking, yeah, uh, what's holy about the toilet, Nothing about cleaning the toilet? Let me, let me mention this to you. I was meditating on this, thinking about that. And um, we don't know, you know, I told you, God uh, knows where you'll be most effective for his people. What happens, suppose you, uh, a person that maybe has been drawn by the, by the Holy Spirit and um, they come to the church and, you know, they want to go to the restroom before service and stuff. And they go to a restroom that is stinky. It's not adequately supplied and uh, it stinks. It smells. It hadn't been cleaned in, in months. And um, do you think they're going to be drawn to go in any further the sanctuary so that they are, are available to hear the word of God? No, I wouldn't. I'd turn around and said, I don't need to see any more. I've seen enough. Why? Because that's that. That right there. Now you take somebody else, and you take the or that you take that same individual, and you they come, and and they're here before service, so they're going to go to the restroom, and and, and uh, they go in there. It's clean. It's freshly clean. It's picked up. It's adequately supplied. There's enough soap, toilet paper, etc., uh, hand towels, and it's adequately supplied. It smells clean. You can just you can just look at it. It's clean. It's not run down. And they walk in there, and then they don't mind. Uh, taking care of business and, and, and going on, they don't mind carrying uh, themselves out to go to another to, to go into the sanctuary. So far, so good, you know. And what's spiritual about that? We might have lost them had we not had our restrooms clean. So even though you don't see people, uh, you know, perhaps directly getting saved at that time, it has a, a, a it plants a seed. It has an effect on them. You know, and let me tell you something. Uh, those same people come up to the altar. They get saved, and uh, you know, the evangelist calls them up. The pastor, or the pastor, has an altar call, and they feel led, and they come up. They get saved. You were just as a part of that as that call that that evangelist made, or that pastor, or that minister. You were just as effective. You were a part of their their salvation. So don't ever underestimate the power of God wherever God's placed you. Whatever area, it is a high calling. It is a high calling. It is a holy calling. It's for His own purpose and His grace. And you need to understand that. And that will help you in times when you don't feel like it's such a high calling. You know, all those that are in the pulpit ministry, uh, even so, at times they don't feel like it's such a high calling because even though they may minister what God tells them to, not everybody out there likes it. You know, and um, so sometimes they have to stir up that gift and say, hey, listen, I was called for his purpose and his grace. It's not that I'm supposed to glory. It's that the glory and glory goes to the Lord. So it doesn't matter what every aspect you understand. You need to understand that. It, I mean, that you are called and that you need to understand it is a holy calling. Turn with me, if you will, to Second Peter, chapter one, Second Peter, chapter one. Uh, we're going to read verse 10, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. I like the way the Amplified puts it. Because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. So it's up to us to do that. 
So number one here under making your calling sure, it's, it's our diligence that we've got to give to it. It says uh, calling is we've established is a divine invitation. So your calling is a divine invitation. Number two, election. Election is a choice. Election is a choice. Now listen, just because you've been um, elected to an office doesn't mean you have to accept it. Does not mean you have to accept it. It's, it's um, you may have been elected to be the head usher. You may have been elected to be the head of security. Whatever area does not mean that you will follow through on that. Just because you've been appointed, just because you've been called, doesn't mean that you would you will answer that call. Remember, we've gone throughout the whole thing of about your divine selection, saying that it is a divine invitation. Just because the invitation has been sent does not mean you reply to it and show up at the party. Does not mean, you know, uh, people that are having weddings, people that are giving showers, or people that are just giving a party, and, and they send out an invitation, and, and they want you to call them back or to, you know, to fill out the paper, the return card to say you're coming, um, doesn't mean that you're going to do that. Some of us don't even... It, we've made a choice. Although we've been elected, we've been been invited to this certain party, this wedding, this this uh, ceremony, whatever, does not mean we accept it. Just because we've been elected uh, on the baseball team and the captain picks us, and no, I don't want to be at his team. I want to be on the other team. But you weren't called to be on the other team. No, but I want to be on this team or I'm not going to play. Well, whose fault is that? If you don't end up playing, it's your fault because you didn't go where you were going to be more affected. You didn't go where you were chosen. You didn't go where you were called. And I'm talking about chosen and called by God. All right. So we need to keep those things in mind. Uh, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, excuse me. 1 Timothy chapter uh, 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read uh, 13 through uh, 15, 13 through 15. Uh, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy with the laying on of, hand, of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that the profiting may appear to all. We're going to go ahead and read verse 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Amplified also. Till I come, devote yourself to public and private reading, to exhortation, preaching, and personal appeals, and to teaching and instilling doctrine. Do not neglect the gift which is in you, that special inward endowment which was uh, directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit, by prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands upon you at your ordination. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry so that your progress may be evident to everybody. Look well to yourself, to your own personality, and to your own teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold to them. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and those you hear. Now, don't say, well, I had not had hands laid on me yet. That's not the point. The point is here, you've got a ministry. Because we've already established that we were, 
We were divinely called. We were drawn by the Holy Spirit. So you have a ministry, whether that ministry is cleaning, uh, being in the nursery, being in the children, working in the youth, um, teaching a Bible class, whatever that ministry is, you give yourself wholly to it. Um, there's a scripture in 2 Timothy 2.15, I believe it is, that says, study, thy, uh, study thyself to show, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly divide the word of truth. Well, it's still it's established here also. We've got to put all our effort to be the best. That If you're called to be an usher, you be the best usher. Okay, I'm not the head usher, but I'm going to be the best usher. I'm, you know, and your competition is within yourself. You, you know, you were good last week. You're going to be better this week. You were good with those kids, those babies last week. You're going to be better this week. You know, it's not that you're in competition with others. You're in competition with yourself to be all that you can be, all that God's called you to be. Here in Timothy, is telling us, give all diligence to it. Give attendance to reading. Find out where your calling is. Uh, you may not start out in the right area as far as what you feel like this is, but that your calling is. But God's going to show you. Get with God. Find out. The, the Lord is going to show you. He, he'll work it out where you will know. And let me tell you something. Once you know, you you give it all. Even Wherever you he starts you out, you give it all. You give it all. Okay, uh, let's read first, excuse me, 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 9. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Don't you be afraid of what God's called you to be. Because he's not given you that spirit of fear. He's given you the power and the love and a sound mind to be all that God's called you to be. So we need to keep that stirred up in us. Be thou not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, who have saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our work, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So we need to understand that. We don't need to be ashamed of the gospel or those that are in the gospel. We need to be all that we can be. So here on your outline... Uh, number one is to recognize the call. We need to recognize the call. Recognize there's been an invitation sent out, and it, that invitation has been sent out to me. Number two, answer that call. You know, it's one thing to be recognized you've been invited somewhere, but then reply to it. Answer the call. Answer the call. Okay? Tell them you'll be there. Tell God you can count on me. Number three, do not neglect the call. Do not neglect the call. You know, procrastination is an enemy. You know, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. How many have ever missed a party because you, you were going to get to it later and, and then you missed a deadline? So, you know, um, we need to not neglect the call, okay? Uh, or by the time, you know, you answered the call and you ended up going, you were unprepared. You know, you were frustrated with yourself and everything else, and you, 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 you did not get the full benefit enjoyment out of that, that situation, is that ceremony, that party. So don't neglect it. Number four, stir up. We have to stir it up. It's not everybody else's responsibility. It's up to us to stir it up. It's not even God's responsibility. He sent the call. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. Now we're the ones that have to keep it stirred up. 
rekindle the embers of like you have a fire going rekindle them keep them stirred up keep it going fan the flame up get that fan keep that fire burning and keep burning the call rekindle the embers of fan the flame of and keep burning the call keep burning keep burning the call keep it stirred up within you it's a holy thing it's for his own purpose and his grace keep those words before you cook well i put it this way cook while the stove's hot cook while the oven's hot get in there while while you got it the the stove burning just keep it going okay so we need to we need to make sure that we we answer it we we recognize it we answer it and let me say this it is a holy calling and it needs to be treated as such. But now let me let me emphasize this once again. I believe we did this in the attitude of a servant. But if you don't if you don't recognize it as being holy, if you don't recognize it as being divine, then no one else will. If you don't esteem your calling high, then don't expect others around you to. Oh, I gotta go work in the nursery. You know, I gotta work with those little brats. You know, hey, listen. Don't expect people to want to bring their kids to you to keep if that's your attitude. We have people in the nursery today that, you know, it doesn't matter if there's a guest speaker. It doesn't matter what's going on. They have such a love for those children. It's a call on them. And, and you know, uh, they treat it as holy. They treat it as divine calling. They just love those babies. And, you know, those babies sometimes they're not all, they don't all act like angels all the time. You know, and they see those unangel moments, and yet they choose to love, and you see them in their service after service, you know. And um, why? Because they know God has put that on their heart, and, and God has called them. You take someone else, man, they can't work with kids, they don't want to be around kids, but you get them in the cleaning area. And I tell you what, you'll have the cleanest toilets you ever had. They look like new. You have the, the cleanest place, you know. Uh, it, it can be in any area, and that's because God's imparted something to you is special for that area, and he knows where you're going to be more effective for his people. Uh, here, part, okay, let's, in, in conclusion, part of the ministry is preparation for the ministry. Part of the ministry is preparation for the ministry. That's what these classes are. You're preparing for the ministry. You know, it takes longer to, to uh, plan out and cook a big meal than the actual party. You know, the dinner, it takes, it takes longer in the, in the preparation of it. But it's worth every bit of it. It's worth all the preparation. And as long as you live, you'll be preparing, perhaps in different levels, but you will always be preparing. Well, part of the ministry is preparation for the ministry. Okay, so you've read your Bible once all the way through. Okay, you've read it twice all the way through. Is that enough? No. He told us to study. He told us to meditate. The Word tells us in Timothy, meditate, reading, keep keep reading, keep stirring up, keep meditating, get that Word in you. You know, um, find out new ways, ways to clean the toilet or new products or whatever. Uh, find out how you can be more effective ushering, more effective in security. It's, it's preparing. Uh, part of the call is the development of it. Part of the call is the development of it. We, we need to be developed. One of the areas we need to be developing is the love of it. 
and you taking care of those babies, you taking care of those, uh, the, the, the grounds, the ministry, the preaching of the word, you take care of that part of the call is the development of it. And part of that development will be the development of the developing of God's love in you. Because like we said in the attitude of a servant, not everybody's going to be pleased or appreciative. But our, our hearts are to please God. Our hearts are to please God. Serve people, but to please God, all right? God's selection of you is divine and holy, and it should be treated as such. It's divine and holy. So God's selection, say it this way, God's selection of me is divine and holy. God's selection of me is divine and holy. If, if uh, It's up to you to ensure it. It's up to you to ensure it I like to put it it's up to me to ensure it it's up to me to ensure it no one's else going to do it for me it's up to me it's not even up to the preacher it's up to me if it's to be it's up to me if it's to be it's up to me okay so you know uh, sometimes I've heard uh, people, people, and people even have, that have gone through and, and, and are a part of the ministry of helps. You know, nobody ever called me. They're complaining. Some, nobody's ever called me, you know. Uh, I was out, but nobody called. Let me tell you something. Um, we, we do need to call you when you're out. We do need to check on you. But let me tell you something. If something happens and, and we don't or someone doesn't call you and someone doesn't check up on you, you'll never be able to stand before God and say, but nobody called me because God's going to say, I called you. I called you, but you wouldn't answer. I called you when you when you were sitting on the couch. I called you when you were laying on the bed. I, I called you when you were going out and doing something else. See, but it's up to us to stir it up within us. See, God is not doing everything for us. Why? Because he didn't want a bunch of robots. He wants us to do it from hearts that are willing to do it. So remember here that you'll always be in preparation of the ministry as long as you're in the ministry and, and you've never arrived. You know, you might come up a step, a step spiritually, but we're always going to be learning because God's got so much to us. But our foundation is to understand. Remember what I opened up with that we knowing that we have a place, knowing it's a divine selection. Okay, we need to make sure we get that and keep that down in us. We have a place. Each and every one of us have a place, and it's a divine selection. It was a divine calling for His own purpose and His own grace.